the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Real Life Radio is brought to you by Cloud Roofing and River City Community Church. Grace and peace to you and welcome to Real Life Radio with Pastor Sean Azaro of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas, a church that exists to help people find the real life they were created for. That's according to John 10.10. Today we continue the study in the book of Philippians in the series Under Construction. Today's message is called You Cannot Have It All. Or the call we should have is to die to ourselves daily. And what does that mean? You can follow along with the notes of this message at the website reallife.org under the sermon's archive link. But let's get right into it. And this is Real Life Radio. There are two pillars of distinction for a religious Jew. They are birthright and law. We are God's people because of Abraham. We are children of Abraham. We are his descendants. And therefore, we are the chosen ones. We are in God by our birthright. And they could tell you what tribe they were from. They could tell you their Jewish heritage. And the second was the law. Because we follow the law. We observe the law. Those were the two distinctions. And this whole Jesus thing really caused for some of those Jews who didn't see him as Messiah. And people who say Christianity is anti-Jewish, just FYI, just for your own personal edification, that's stupid. Okay? It's stupid because the whole first Christian church was Jews. They were all Jews. Okay? Everybody in the church in Jerusalem, all the apostles, they were all Jewish. So anybody who says, no, no, they were anti-Jewish, is really uninformed because they were all Jews. The whole first century, the the first part of that first church was Jewish. The difference is they were Jews who looked at Jesus Christ and saw him as the promised Messiah. There was a division in Judaism. Some thought he was the promised Messiah. Others thought he wasn't. The ones who didn't really had a problem with this faith in Christ thing. And what about my birthright? What about my law? In fact, there's a great passage of scripture, Romans chapter nine. It's probably a really misunderstood chapter in my opinion. A lot of people look at that. If you just read Romans 9 by itself, okay, the thing that the the controversy in Romans 9 is this idea of predestination. It seems to say that God arbitrarily chooses who's going to be saved and who's not, and that there's nothing we can do about it. Our choice doesn't matter. That's what Romans 9 seems to say. And if you just read Romans 9, it says, man, Jacob, I loved Esau. I hated. I hardened Pharaoh's heart. What right do you have? God can choose whenever he wants. So you read Romans 9 by itself and you go, wow, it really looks like it says that. The problem is you can't read Romans 9 by itself. You have to read it following Romans 1 through 8. It's one letter. It wasn't sent like installments. Okay. It's a letter. And in Romans 1 through 8, Paul hammers home. God does choose. He just chooses on a different basis than they had previously thought. He doesn't choose on the basis of birthright. He doesn't choose on the basis of law. He chooses on the basis of faith. He says it over and over. He even says of their father, Abraham. Abraham believed and it was reckoned to him, credited to him as righteousness. And so Romans 9 comes along, Paul answers the obvious and growing agitation of his Jewish listeners who are saying, not fair. It's not fair. And what Paul points out is God can choose on whatever basis he wants. He's the creator. We're the creation. He's not saying God has no basis on which he chooses. 
Because Romans 1 through 8, he said it over and over and over and over and over again. It is on the basis of faith in him and faith alone that we are saved. But it was hard for these folks to let go of that because they had the corner. They had it. Nobody else could have it. And now in Jesus, the whole lid's blown off the deal. and It changes everything. And they didn't like that. And so Paul here is dealing with this once again. That's why these Judaizers were coming in after. So it's not birthright in law. It's in Christ. And in verse 3, he lays that out. The real circumcision, the real separation, the, the, the sanctified, the ones who are set apart to God are we who worship by the Spirit of God, who glory in Christ Jesus and who put no confidence in the flesh. He goes on and listen to this. What is more, I consider everything. Now, he just listed his resume, all this stuff. What is, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Jesus Christ, my Lord, for whose sake I've lost all things. And he's writing from jail. So he's literally lost all things. He is in jail for preaching Christ. For whose sake he has literally lost all things. Listen, he says, I consider them rubbish that I may gain Christ. Now, that word is a very strong word. It's the only time it's used in the New Testament. It's a little bit of an odd word because it's a bit of a gross word. It's not just taking out the trash. I consider them trash to be thrown out. It's a, a, like like dirty, filthy, infectious, used to talk about kind of half-decomposed corpses, piles of manure. I mean, it's, a, it's kind of a gross word. And Paul is saying, I consider them infectious garbage to be gotten rid of that I may gain Christ. All those things that I held dear, all those things that were the center of my life, they're rubbish that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own. Scripture says our righteousness is like what? Filthy rags that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ. There it is, the righteousness that comes from God and is by faith, my belief when I trust him. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection, and the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings. Oh, this verse is so, each phrase, you could study this verse for months, for years, and never really get deep enough. That I may know Christ, and the power of his resurrection, and the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. And so somehow, to attain to the resurrection from the dead. Paul brings up this idea that's kind of an uncomfortable thought in Christian circles. It's this idea of death. And it really, we, we talk about death. It's one of those things that's kind of hard to, hard to grapple with. It's not one of those things we don't like to put on the marquee sign. Okay, come hear about death today, you know. And we have nice children's ministry too, but also death. I mean, seriously, it's, it's just, you know, it's one of those things you, you hope doesn't come up at the, your first conversation with a friend when you're talking about your faith, okay? Let's take the death for like conversation three or four. Paul brings it up here and just lays it out. Now, now understand, the point of this is not the death. The point is the resurrected life, this new life in Christ, the power of Christ risen and living in me. That's the point. But here's what Paul is trying to get across. And if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. You can't resurrect what hasn't died. You can't resurrect what hasn't died. The road to resurrection always passes through a tomb. No exceptions. Life in the spirit begins with a death in the flesh. And let me explain that. Jesus Christ said this to followers. By the way, Jesus had a great way of thinning a crowd. 
He did, seriously. I mean, he had thousands, feed thousands for lunch, multiple times, multiple, you know, multitudes. That's where we even use the word multitude, you know. That's a great word. That means lots and lots of people. Jesus fed multitudes and preached to thousands and on, on the, his triumphal entry. There are thousands worshiping and praising as he goes into Jerusalem. Who's left after his crucifixion? 120 believers. And statements like this, when they really dawned on people that could thin the crowd, Luke 9, 23, then he said to them all, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Not only take up his cross, but daily. I wish that word wasn't in there. I wish I could do that once and for all. Take up his cross daily. If anyone come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me. And by the way, he's not talking James Avery. I mean, for us, the cross is a decoration. We wear it. It's lovely, isn't it? Yeah. First century Christians would look at this and think we're nuts. This was an instrument of torture and destruction. The cross killed everything it touched. The cross always won. It was not a game. So when Jesus said, you must take up your cross daily and follow me, it's like, oh, my gosh. That's a little morbid, don't you think? And a lot of people left. Because of that idea. Paul expounds and kind of breaks this down theologically for us a little bit in his letter to the Colossians, beginning in chapter 3, verse 5. He says, put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived. There's a key. There is an old life. There is a new life. But now you must rid yourself of all such things as these, anger, malice, slander, filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other. Listen, here's a key phrase. Since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge and the image of its creator. He said it elsewhere in 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. For the new to come the old has to pass away. And you are listening to Real Life Radio with Pastor Sean Azaro of River City Community Church, which meets every Sunday morning at the corner of Redland Road and Jones Malsberger, just inside Loop 1604. You can find details, directions, and service times at their website, reallife.org. And we'd like to take a moment to mention that today's program is made possible by Cloud Roofing and cloudroofing.com. If you'd like a free estimate on your roof for repair or replacement, their number is 210 210- Three six six ninety four eighty four, and please make sure you thank them for having Real Life Radio on the air. Now let's take a short break in this message called "You Cannot Have It All" with the study in the Book of Philippians, and tell you how River City Community Church has your kids in mind. Decisions about your child's education are some of the most important decisions that you as a parent will ever have to make. Hi, I'm Sean Azaro, pastor of River City Community Church, and I'd like to introduce you to an exceptional new educational opportunity available here in San Antonio. We have recently partnered with Believers Academy to form the new River City Believers Academy, a school with a tradition of academic excellence and a vision to prepare students for real life. RCBA equips students with the academic tools to thrive in an ever-changing world, as well as the character and worldview to make the best use of those tools. Each child is unique, so our faculty is committed to using creative and innovative approaches in the classroom to engage different learning styles. River City Believers Academy is an affordable private Christian school dedicated to preparing your student to become a leader in his or her chosen field. We're accepting applications for the fall semester in all grades, from K through 12. 
For information, call 656-2999 or look us up on the web at believersacademy.org. Welcome back, and we return to Pastor Sean Azaro of River City Community Church for more of this sermon, which can be found in its entirety at reallife.org as a free download. And this is Real Life Radio. We are people made of two natures. Now, you need to decide if you believe this. This is a foundation to our whole spiritual understanding. We believe there is a physical realm, and we believe there is a spiritual realm. We believe we are physical beings created by God. We also believe we are spiritual beings, and that that spiritual person in us is as real and literal as the physical person is. It is just spiritual. And we believe that because of sin, because of the sin nature, because mankind chose sin, we believe that that spirit, when we are born, is dead in sin. And that when we put our faith in Christ and his perfect sacrifice on the cross, the penalty for our sin is paid. We enter into relationship with God and our spirit literally, literally is brought to life. There's something that transforms in us. It's not just, well, I had an old set of rules and I was following my old kind of worldly rules. And now I like the Jesus rules better. So I'll follow the Jesus rules. That's not it. There is, it's called regeneration. Our spirit is literally brought to life. And now there are two natures that are alive and active. There is a spirit nature that wants to follow Jesus, that listens to the voice of God, that communes with God's spirit. And then there is a carnal nature, flesh nature, that kind of still has all the same old stuff that it wants to do. My spirit is alive, but there's this tug of war that begins to happen. And anybody who honestly evaluates kind of our decision-making as followers of Jesus knows there's, there's flesh and there's spirit. And they are at... Galatians 5 describes they're at war with one another. What's good for one is bad for the other. So that's the idea. After Christ, the spirit is alive, but the crucifixion of the flesh begins. That's what Jesus is talking about. Paul understands this, and he unpacks this for us a little bit. And these are very helpful understandings in this idea of death. So I don't want you to miss this. Write these down. Number one, death to self means I must put my confidence, means I put my confidence in a new place. Used to put my confidence in my own nature. Now, we don't do the, okay, we don't necessarily do the birthright thing or the law thing quite as much, okay? We do a little bit of that. We might say, well, you know, I'm going to get into heaven because I'm, you know, Catholic, I'm Methodist, I'm Presbyterian, whatever you want to say your background deal. Some of us might say that's it. Most of us, it's probably in American culture, just in the general thinking, a lot of people go to this, well, I'm better than so-and-so, or I'm good, I'm, gonna, I'm a good person, so God's going to let me in. That's a really prevalent idea. And the way to guarantee it, we kind of think God grades on a curve or something. So I just hang around with real losers and I'm better, right? I mean, it's pretty simple. As long as I'm better than them, because God's grading on a curve, so I'm, I'm kind of not that bad, so I'm going to get in. That's kind of how we do it. And what's funny is as much as the Judaizers were trying to say, Here, no, no, here's the standard where we're going to be good enough and you have to be good enough, we're doing it. We're just lowering the bar a lot. We're just doing it on curve. We're still saying we're going to make up a righteousness of our own. And it doesn't work that way. We're still putting our confidence in ourself. Paul says you can't do it. You can't put your confidence in yourself. What are some of the things that we count on? Think about it. Things that matter in our lives. Uh, you know, just let's not even talk the big picture of eternal salvation. Let's just talk about what factors do we look for for respect, for advancement, acceptance in the eyes of our family, our world, ourselves. Think about what are your assets, your background, your name, your family standing, your money, your fame, your physical assets, your personality, 
your education, your training, all these things that we go, well, I'm going to make it because of these. And we put our confidence and our trust. Paul's secret concerning these things is very, very simple. And it is, I can't depend on these and Christ. I can't serve two masters. Christ is faithful and never fails. All the others fail. And if you wonder if they ever fail, I grew up in Chicago. I'm a Chicago Bears fan. It's a sad thing, but I am, okay? God, was this year disappointing, but I digress. Great Super Bowl commercial, though. Some of my old Bears, Jim McMahon and some of those guys. Remember the one? They did the Super Bowl shuffle. They're all old and fat, you know, and, and Jim's, it's a commercial for like the scooter, you know, and Jim McMahon's in the scooter. Remember getting the, the spray on tan? I love those guys. Those guys were at top of the world. In 85, they were huge. They were world champions. One of the best teams ever. But that passes, doesn't it? And, you know, you look at even some older athletes and some of these really old guys who are on top of the world. They're wearing Super Bowl rings, but they can barely walk. Some of them, all their money's gone. And all that stuff that they would put up on their resume and say, I've got this, I've got this, I've got this, I've got this. No, I don't anymore. Because it's not dependable. I can't put my confidence in myself or my stuff. I put my confidence in Christ. That's Paul's simple, clear understanding. Death to self means I put my confidence in a new place. He even suggested it's possible to have Christ in my heart. I've prayed the prayer. I'm trying to live life, but yet not gain Christ because I'm putting my confidence in other things. Whatever you put your confidence in other than Jesus is a hindrance to God's best for you. You can take that to the bank. Whatever you put your confidence in to be okay other than Christ is a hindrance to what God has for you. You can't resurrect what hasn't died. Death means put my confidence in a new place. Second, Paul points out, death to self means I develop a new set of values. I develop a whole new set of values. Listen to verse 8. He says, what's more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I've lost all things. I consider them rubbish that I may gain Christ. Do you know what he's doing? He's redefining loss and gain. Think about that. Values are deep. We all got them, whether that we recognize them or even whether we we speak them and declare them. We've got them. And they guide how we make decisions, what we do in life. Our values are a big deal. And death, according to Paul, means we're going to get a new set of values. Values are one of those funny things that that we can say, oh, I value this, this and this. And anybody who knows us will go, no, you don't. Because your actions don't say it. I worked for a company one time. It was an automotive company, a transmission company, actually, uh, when I was just preparing for ministry. And I just it was just a job to help pay the bills. And, you know, the owner told me the stated values, a couple of the stated values were honesty was a stated value and quality was a stated value. And then he in every way encouraged and rewarded dishonesty and cutting every corner and cheating wherever we could. He promoted people who did that. He advanced people who did that. He talked about that. He... But stated values are, are honesty and quality. I, I didn't last real long at that company. I mean, sometimes it's not that severe, but we've all seen where, you know, you're at a company, we've got the mission statement, we've got the values on the wall, and then we, we go, but wait a minute, what we do has nothing to do with this. And what that simply means is we want to value them, we have good intentions, but we don't really value them because we all have values and we will act out of our values. We will. And what happens? Death to the flesh means I begin to redefine loss and gain. I literally develop a new set of values. And that doesn't necessarily happen overnight. You need to know this is good. This is good news for us. A lot of people expect that to just happen overnight. It doesn't. It didn't happen for the Apostle Paul overnight. 
And some will go, well, wait a minute, on the Damascus Road, he received Christ. And, you know, I mean, he was blinded. And remember, a couple days he's blind and he goes and Ananias prays for him and he receives his sight and he begins to go preach Jesus. Yeah, he was. And he was born again. He was filled with the Spirit. But he still had this flesh nature that needed to die. And in Acts 9, beginning at verse 20, we read, at once he began to preach in the synagogues that Jesus was the Son of God. All those who heard him were astonished, talking about Paul. And asked, isn't this a man who raised havoc in Jerusalem among those who called him the name? Hadn't he come here to take him prisoners to the chief priests? Yet Paul grew more and more powerful and baffled the Jews living in Damascus by proving that Jesus is the Christ. After many days had gone by, the Jews conspired to kill him. But Paul learned of their plan. Day and night they kept close watch on the city gates in order to kill him. But his followers took him by night and lowered him in a basket through an opening in the wall. Doesn't sound real glorious. And what is interesting to know is even though Paul now had a new message, he's still pursuing it in the same way. In Galatians chapter 1, uh, beginning at verse 18, he says, Then after three years I went up to Jerusalem to get acquainted with Peter. He talks a little bit about his time in Damascus. It was a three-year process. And all we have of it is that he preached, he fought with people, he was very convincing, and they tried to kill him. It was a three-year process where he went to, he was in Damascus a while, went to Asia for a while, then he came back to Damascus. And listen to what he says in 2 Corinthians 11, 30, 33. This is a changed man. This is down the road. Paul, who used to glory in his strength, even as a Christian, being able to manifest his strength and overpower people, he says this in verse 30. If I must boast, I will boast of the things that show my weakness. The God and Father, Lord Jesus Christ, who is be praised forever, knows I'm not lying. In Damascus, the governor under King Aratus had the city of Damascus guarded in order to arrest me. But I was lowered in a basket from window of the wall, slipped through his hands. Paul is no longer glorying in his strength. He's glorying now in his weakness. He's totally changed his values. Early on, he was still operating the flesh. He had to learn a whole different way of operating, a whole new set of values. And what I want to say to you, if you're in process, relax. That's where you're supposed to be. Okay, you re- that's where we're supposed to be. This is a discipleship process where we come to know Christ, we get the power of the Spirit, but every day, folks, we come up to these little crossroads where I can either feed the flesh or follow the Spirit. And you, you, you know, I mean, it might be something as simple as a purchase. Should I buy this? And the flesh says, yes, buy it. Buy it now, whip out a credit card charge, it doesn't matter, just buy it. And the Spirit in you goes, I don't need that. That's not really good for me right now. I need to walk away and wait. I need to think about it. I need to whatever. And you got this little tug of war. To the degree that you listen to the Spirit, you grow and mature. And you now can think about, and God will bring other opportunities to grow and mature. To the degree that you listen to the flesh, it's not fatal, but you just don't grow and mature. And I listen to the flesh, and what it means, I'm going to go around in circles again and come back and deal with this again. And it's a process of God reshaping our values so that we can be free so that we can have the resurrection that comes in Christ. You can't resurrect what hasn't died. If you're the same, if you're a follower of Jesus and you're the same as you were five years ago, you've got a problem. I will say that. And I don't mean that in condemnation. I'm just saying you you need to, with your small group leader, and you need to, with some folks who you trust and consider mature, you need to set up a, a plan to grow. Discover what God's saying and then have some folks who will help encourage you to do it. And see what happens. Number three, and with this I will close, death to self means Christ living in me. It means Christ living in me. See, this is what we're talking about. When we talk about death, this is the bottom line. It's not that we cease to live here on the face of the earth. It's just 
We live in a different power. This is resurrection, Christ living in me. Colossians 3, 1 through 4. Since then you've been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, but not on earthly things. Listen, for you have died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will appear with him in glory. It's the life of Christ living in me. That's the power. It's not that God comes and says, okay, now I want you to do better. And if you do, well, then that's good. Even if you say, I try, but it's just hard, that's okay. Because it's not about what you do. The secret is to let Christ's power live in me. That's why Paul says, I want to know him. I want to walk with him. I want to be with him because it's his power that transforms and brings me to life. Don't worry about I can't. Listen to what he said in 2 Corinthians twelve nine. He said, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, this is Paul at the end, therefore I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness so that Christ's power may rest on me. Resurrection power isn't part me, part Christ. It's Christ living in me. And you want the good fruit that comes from his life? You want the power of God in your life? You want that maturity and growth? You maybe have watched someone who's farther down the road and is a mature believer and you see them respond to things and go, how do they possibly do that? Where does that life come from, that power? Where does that fruit come from? It comes from Christ living in us. And that's his gift for all of us. But you can't resurrect what hasn't died. You've been listening to Real Life Radio with Pastor Sean Azaro of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas, where you're more than welcome to come visit. The church is located at the corner of Jones Maltzberger and Redland Road, just inside Loop 1604, with Sunday morning service times of 8, 9.30, and 11.15. And there's also a campus in New Braunfels that meets at 10.30. All the details and directions are at the website, reallife.org. And if you'd like to call the church, the number is 490-5262. As Real Life Radio is a service of River City Community Church and made possible by Cloud Roofing and cloudroofing.com. And we hope you join us next time for more Real Life. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.